right, we're back with another episode of the Saxo Market Call, and today we're going to talk about commodities with Ole S. Hansen. And uh, the topics on display uh, on the tap today is, uh, or are the OPEC upcoming OPEC meeting. Um, we're going to talk about coffee and natural gas, and then a little bit about the uh, the uh, the different moves that happened in the commodity market here in November. But if we start with the the OPEC decision and which is upcoming i think it's um, it's an interesting one given the latest rebound all that we have seen in in crude oil which um went well above 80 uh, 80 dollars per barrel again at least in the brent crude um uh, and i guess also the wti so True. um yeah so let's take us uh, take us through what's going to happen with this open meeting and why it's important for the market well i can say what the market is uh, think is going to happen um because as we're recording this the meeting is just about to start and uh, what we have seen as you say peter the market has bounced after uh, dipping below eighty dollars earlier earlier on the on the prospect for discord within the group but it looks like uh, or at least the market is, is uh, looking for a potential another cut uh, in the tune of anywhere between half to one million barrels if that's the case, it, it will likely uh, steer the price back towards 90. But at the same time, it does also just highlight that uh, OPEC uh, for the foreseeable future will be a little bit challenged because the demand for the for the for the the group's uh, oil is not as strong as as, uh, as expected. Non-OPEC production has been rising, and uh, that basically means that if they are the the ones that should uh, adjust in order to keep prices stable, then they have to cut again, and that's what we are we're looking for. So obviously, any any lack of of action potentially could send prices lower ahead of ahead of year end and also into into the start of next year. But I think what we have to keep in mind as well that part of the reason why oil prices came down quite rapidly this past couple of months uh, was was actually due to um, technical changes. Uh, well, call it what you want, but uh, Saudi Arabia's uh, production has been cut, but the export hasn't. Uh, Saudi Arabia kept a lot of oil at home uh, during this peak summer period for refinery demand and for, for cooling demand. But as that uh, as refineries went into maintenance into the autumn, they obviously that released a lot of additional barrels that they could export into the market. So basically, Saudi export rose in October and November, and that's uh, that has uh, helped weighing on the prices. That will turn around again when we in the, within the next couple of months, refineries will start to pick up again, and that will uh, leave more that will reduce the export. So it's difficult to see where we where we got to land on this one. I think the main thing from OPEC is they want a market in backwardation. Because backwardation is 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 basically preventing non-OPEC production from really gathering momentum. Because uh, non-OPEC producers they tend to hedge their production; they need uh, higher prices further out. Uh, OPEC they produce massive amounts and they cannot do the hedging, or they don't they don't do any hedging, so they rely on a high spot price. So the higher the spot price is relative to further out, the better for them. Right, but. What does the forward curve look like right now in in crude oil? It has come down a lot from a very very steep backwardation uh, just a few months ago, which obviously was a very very optimal solution for 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 OPEC uh, and and the collapse that we've seen in in the especially in the front end front end has driven the backwardation at at, uh, at almost back down to square square at the very end front end of the curve, but uh, but generally. A high backwardation is really what they they ideally like, so they want to keep the market relatively tight. And uh, in order to do that, they will have to cut production. And uh, the question is obviously who's going to do the cutting, and that's really where the that's where the the big question mark is uh, this afternoon. 
Also, I think it's worth keeping in mind that uh, there's not really any room for major surprises uh, in terms of speculators because the positions are relatively uh, low at this point. So, um, so I think it will take a lot really to uh, attract a renewed push to the upside in terms of uh, speculative buying because the speculators have they've been been thrown around the arena now for the past six months, and I don't I don't think there's any strong buying appetite, especially this time of year where we are heading towards uh, year end. And uh, and the Chinese economy is not exactly gearing up or uh, anytime soon. I mean the uh, the PMIs we got today, uh, and PMI figures are just suggesting actually that both the services and the manufacturing sectors of China is actually slowing down compared to uh, compared to last month. Yeah, indeed. So uh, we are going through a soft spot, especially while non-OPEC production continues to be or increases continuously to be relatively robust. And uh, Mark expect that uh, will be like that, uh, for the, at least for the foreseeable future. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting whether to see who's going to do the cutting because Saudi Arabia obviously feel that they have done the heavy lifting so far and they want, uh, they want support and help from others. All right, and um, then we're moving to a, a topic that everyone, I, I guess, or most people can relate to, namely coffee. Uh, if you drink a cup of those, a cups of those uh, per day, um, it's been one of the uh, the, the top performers uh, in the uh, this month, and um, it's, it's even trading higher today. And um, so, you know, pretty significant uh, significant move up more than eight percent this month. Can you take us through what's uh, what's happening in the coffee market and, and potentially maybe what to expect for December? Well, it's actually happening at a time where the outlook for the Brazilian production has improved quite a bit recently. But um, but at the same time, we're also seeing the global inventories are, are fairly low. Uh, we are seeing uh, the exchange monitored inventory warehouses um, that we've seen is 10 straight monthly decline. Inventory levels are now the lowest in 1999. And what we uh, and sometimes around this time of year we've often seen some shenanigans where a lot of bags are being pulled out of the inventories only to be put back in uh, at the start of the year simply because uh, th- these are this was a maneuver in order to get old grain old uh, old beans out of the warehouse and then re uh, re-entering them as new uh, or giving them a new certificate that uh, game is up uh, from uh, from tomorrow 1st december that's no longer allowed so that basically means we ha- we have even so the the kind of low inventory levels we see now seems to be quite real there's not a lot of bags that is uh, expected to be put back in anytime soon at the same time we got the panama canal which is uh, which is uh, creating problems for for transportation and uh, we also have some harbor congestions in in brazil so overall it looks like a price uh, it looks like a bean uh, price that is just like copper, I would say, being supported by uh, by low inventories uh, and and uh, and the tightness in supply, at least for now. Interesting. Uh, and talking about uh, we 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 have talked a couple of times uh, all about softs, and uh, you know, uh, coffee is definitely in the soft, and uh, cocoa is another one that is on the move. But uh, and we, you know, there's not an active future market for uh, for olive oil. But I actually noticed in the uh, the supermarket the other day that they they are quite busy filling up the shells with alternative to olive oil so yeah. um uh, rapeseed oil is suddenly all over the place on the shelves in my local supermarket which is never something i've never seen before actually no it's exactly and, and it is due to uh to the, uh, the 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 heat wave we had in southern europe this year spanish uh, olive crop is uh, uh has not failed but it's it's is much reduced the same goes for italy and that basically means if you look at the uh, the price of uh, I think it's measured in in dollars per ton. It's something like almost a tenfold increase, but uh, compared to where it was uh, just a few years ago. So, um, 
So um, it's um, the, the heating up the fryer has uh, become more expensive. That's for sure. <laughs> and uh, talking about heating, nice, nice set segue there, Ole. Uh, U.S. natural gas. Um, I, I think more about European natural gas, obviously, but that's from a, a consumer point of view. But um, but natural gas is a hugely important, not only heating source, but also a source for chemical uh, production and manufacturing of all sorts. Um, terrible month for U.S. Uh, natural gas, but I guess great for consumers uh, in this heating season. I mean, it creates a you know an increased uh, purchasing power for a lot of sh- uh, households. Down 25.5% this month. What is going on in the U.S. natural gas industry? Simply record production. Um, weather that hasn't been as cold as uh, as as uh, seen in other other part other uh, other years at this time around this time and um, robust ex- exports which has not been enough to uh, offset the the uh, the very strong reproduction and it basically means that a lot of gas is flowing into uh, storage and uh, that's adding some uh, downward pressure. It's actually the same thing we're seeing in Europe. Even though I mean we would. I would love to have a three dollar uh, therm price in Europe. It's 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 more. It's closer to ten if we uh, do the calculation. Uh, but even gas price in Europe has been coming down, even though we got a cold uh, cold front right now. Simply because inventories are very high. And the problem with that is again that uh, we talked about it before that natural gas, uh, apart from these winter months where we have a market in in, in backwardation because we are we are slowly getting from the high price season to the lower price season so that basically means we have a backwardated slope <clears throat> but generally gas tends to be trading in contango but and it just highlights the risk in these uh, not only the volatility but also what you find in ETFs and I just want to highlight once again that it, it really is a market where you, you should respect a lot if you are trading these ETFs because it the look at the performances past months uh, the UNG which is one X one X is uh, down forty uh, well down twenty seven percent the Boil ETF which is a double long is down uh, something like forty eight percent and what is happening actually happened during the past month they attracted almost seven hundred million dollars of fresh capital so people are buying into these uh, these falling markets uh, looking for a bounce and then and obviously it hasn't really materialized and just look at the boil uh, etf it's down 96 percent uh, over the last 12 months it's basically impossible uh, loss to come back from so just just respect that volatility respect the curve and uh, and and the difficulty in in getting this uh, this this gas uh, market right so again if you really want to look for a, a high gas price in the future perhaps look at the producers instead of the actual uh, the actual underlying yeah it almost uh, sounds like a money gutter there um Maybe for next uh, next time we talk about commodities, or we should talk about the European natural gas market, and also maybe what's happening in electricity markets. Um, electricity prices are, um, are, you know, searching again in Europe, and not to the same degree as what we saw uh, last year. But um, with the precarious state that the German, the German and Dutch economy are in, um, I think maybe it's 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 worth reflecting a little bit on what's happening there. Um, it is. After all, the winter season here in Europe. But um, Ole, we're going to close uh, close off this podcast with a little bit, you know, general conversation about commodities. It's an interesting month uh, in terms of backdrop for commodities, right? So the dollar was down three percent. We have had a sixty-five percent, uh, sorry, sixty-five uh, basis point move lower in the U.S. ten-year yield, and the number of rate cuts for two thousand twenty-four expected or priced in SOFA contracts have gone from three to five. Um, So that obviously has sent shockwaves through the bond market, also uh, caused equities to rally. 
but in, in commodities, it's not a uniform response that we have seen. It's it's all over the place, actually. Exactly, because uh, <clears throat> while it's good for for investment metals, uh, precious metals, gold and silver had another strong month. It's the it's the best performing performing sector for a second month. I just uh, wrote a wrote a note about that, which you can find on analysis.saxo, where we also just talk about the Santa rally that we talked about last week. Um, but it it's. The reason why we're seeing the dollar come down, yields come down, rate cuts, uh, expectation go up, is obviously because we're looking for a soft landing or perhaps even something worse than that. And that is obviously uh, having a potential negative impact on the economic outlook. And that's why growth-dependent commodities like industrial metals and in energy, they have been uh, been suffering uh, accordingly. So that's why we have, we have this big divergence between precious metals on the up and energy sector on the down. Uh, the industrial metals um, is um, fairly close to unchanged on a month. <coughs> Excuse me, um, because we we got a we had a we had a decent performance in in copper, and uh, that's another story where it's re- really related to the big supply disruption that we're seeing now unfolding in Panama with one and a half percent of the global supply potentially being shot in um, or is has been shot in. Whether it's going to come back, that remains to be seen. And also strike action in Peru also uh, reducing uh, supply. So it just highlights the inherent risk uh, with the mining uh, sector and also the uh, how on earth we're going to find all the additional metals that we're going to need in the coming years for the green tran- transition, which is real. We've got COP28 in Dubai still kicking off. And if they are if they're stepping up their efforts, then obviously these will be sectors that, that will... Uh, enjoy increased demand, and uh, if the miners are not being allowed or cannot find the the material that's uh, that's required, then it can only happen one thing, and that that uh, that is for prices to go higher, and that's why we maintain also I'll say a bullish outlook for for so these uh, these transformation uh, metals into 2024, as well as gold and silver for, on the outlook for for lower yields. Yeah, it's a little bit of a hit scratcher that one in uh, in the copper mining industry, to say the least. Um, it's not only in Panama where they are making what seems to be an irrational uh, decision. Um, one of uh, you know the world's largest copper mine there, but also I read recently it's already in an international arbitration uh, arbitration called um, a huge copper mine that was planned or to be expanded in Romania has been been halted due to um, environmental concerns and 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 protests. So. Yeah, how do we square that with green transformation? And yes, we have the COP28. Very interesting to um, to see what that brings about. And maybe next week, if we talk European electricity markets, maybe we're also going to talk about nuclear power on the back of uh, why not COP28. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But um, I think that's a, that's a wrap for today's uh, today's podcast. And um, yeah. So we talked about the upcoming OPEC meeting. Watch that uh, and the oil market. Um, interesting setup we have here and the coffee. Gaining a lot, um, as we talked about, and then the natural gas uh, collapse in in Europe. Respect the uh, respect the instruments on uh, on natural gas, and it's uh, potentially positive for the economy. And then, yeah, we'll we'll be back next week with another episode on commodities. See you around and safe trading. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>